Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all our work at TexasFootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find us on Twitter at DCTFCFB. And you can become a subscriber at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Well, as always, we've got Ishmael Johnson here. Ish, how you doing? Hey, what's up, Shahan? And no, I will not give up my hiatus on Texas State. <laughs> Listen, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Um, obviously, when we did a preview for this week of college football, we were under the assumption that we'd get some college football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, after the program was over, we lost Texas, Kansas. Like, literally after we stopped recording, we got the notification. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely, it was definitely an interesting light weekend. I mean, just a little behind the curtain, usually record this on Sunday mornings and it is 7 p.m. on Saturday because, yeah. you know, there's, not, not? there's nothing else, right? Right. We're already I done. Got be- I got Bedlam on the TV and that's about, I mean, that's, that's it. That's the only other game I care about this weekend, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that this comment will sound dumb by the time people hear this, but it doesn't sound like you might have to have that on for too much longer. Oh, no. Yeah, no. Marvin Mims is doing crazy things and yeah, Oklahoma State's Oklahoma Stating all over the place. Yeah, it, it's definitely a thing that on the same day, like we've just got Garrett Wilson and Marvin Mims just just ruining everybody's day, just ruining oh, everybody's yeah. life. I mean, oh, it yeah. is. Whew, it'd be real nice if they played in the state of Texas, but you know, it's fine. It's Speaking fine. of uh, guys not playing in the state of Texas, Quinn Ewers committed this week. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, did you see uh, that? yeah, did yeah, you, I uh, did. Just see that. <laughs> Listen, I, for one, totally understand his decision to eat Ohio food. I'm sure that uh, that is a decision that he will certainly love. And uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, I mean, how can you know what we? How can we blame him for doing what the top talent in Texas have done for the past couple of years and go play football somewhere else? <laughs> <sighs> You know what? Let's we gotta take we gotta get the energy up in here. We gotta talk about the group of five where things are fun. <laughs> we, sure. yeah, we don't have to yeah. do none of this. We don't have to talk about any of this. Uh, yeah. Uh, to take the mood down for one second, number twelve Baylor. They were off this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've started to see some word that some players might be opting out. Uh, Yusuf Terry was the first one that I saw. He's been a pretty good wide receiver for them. Uh, Ooh, okay recently so that's look in this season i don't think that we should read too much into anything you know i i don't think that there's any reason to like overreact to any one thing but man it's obviously bad news when you've got players opting out when you've got a player in uh byron murphy was the defensive lineman right who who Mm -hmm. decommitted from there and immediately flipped to texas and obviously and, and I want to be clear, this is me saying, being facetious. This is not actually what happened. But obviously, uh, the day that he flips, he also gets a fourth star from 247. You know, just, just throwing mm. that out there. Again, <laughs> it was planned. Don't come after me. Don't, don't run with the stupid narrative. But, you know, just worth noting. <laughs> but, yeah, th- things are, uh, I mean, obviously, as, as people know, you know, I went to Baylor and covered them. I've covered them, I guess, on and off since 2013. And, um, yeah, no, this is a... <laughs> This is certainly a time. This is certainly a time in Baylor's life. So, 
we'll see how they recover from it. But moving on to number 11, Texas State. Texas State. Uh, I was hoping that how this game was going early would hold a little bit more because mm-hmm. I kind of I said going into the weekend that I felt like this was going to be like a like an expression of a motion game. And I do think it was largely that from the offense, mm-hmm. um, you know, but I, I do wish that it was a little bit more of a complete team performance, but offensively, I mean, Brady McBride, just, just ridiculous. I mean, just he, he, his best game by far, like even including the SMU game, like oh, yeah. he looked confident, which is something that he hasn't looked in recent weeks. Um, it helped that knowing, you know, with Tyler Vitt out, he is the guy. So it helped knowing right. that he wasn't going to get pulled. Um, probably. Um, and it was also like, it was a big, it was a big benefit because the running game wasn't there this week. And like, I'm not saying they stuck with it enough, but like when they did try to go to it, it wasn't as effective. It wasn't that effective. Um, so they did kind of rely on him to shoulder basically the entire offense and it worked. I mean, he was, like I said, he was very confident with his throws. He wasn't just like kind of throwing things up there. He was actually like hitting Marcel Barbie and Jeremiah Haydell and Travis right. Graham and uh, Javon Banks and these guys like Jamari Sharee. Like I'm looking at this, I'm looking at the box score right now. And so we had one, two, three, four receivers with five catches. Yep, at yep. least five catches. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine total touch the ball, like right. in right. the passing game alone. And so like. He, this was the Brady McBride that we thought we were getting. And it helps that, you know, I think Arkansas State's secondary is probably bad. Um, but, <laughs> and it helps going, you know, in Texas State. But it, that's something that we knew Texas State had the ability to do was exploit bad secondaries with this good and very deep wide receiving core. Um, and, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, of course, I was joking around on Twitter, like, no, I'm not going to, my optimism is not going to go through the roof. But you saw exactly what, this team had been hinting at all year, right? Where you're like, okay, there's like a, there's like an inkling of an offense. There's like an inkling of ex- explosiveness and they could never put it together. And it's like, oh, look, there it is. They, they, they finally put it together. They finally did it. And uh, yeah, I mean, the deep, obviously you want a better performance from your defense, but you know, that is what it is. Um, they've been, I'd say playing above their, the level we expected all year. And they're, I think they would do a bad game. Um an outright bad game and also Arkansas State kept switching quarterbacks which I thought was really weird they've been doing that all year yeah it's it's a really weird thing it it kind of I mean it worked they put up 45 like you know they can't blame the offense but it was like a little weird to see like just every single drive like they both played well but it was like okay well can like one of them just play the whole game I don't know um and then lastly I wanted to hint on you know looking into 2021 a little bit with this offense like you're going to get most of this back, right? You're going to get Brady McBride back. You're going to get the running backs back. You're going to lose Haydell, and you may lose Barbie. Uh, That's still up in the air. Uh, We've seen kind of one-season wonders like Keenan Brown, you know, cash in early on on their stock. Uh, We'll see. But even behind behind him, you got Jamari Sharid, you have Javon Banks, you have um, Travis Graham. Like, you have these guys who are good and are going to be back next year. So – you know, this is, you know, especially on offense is what I'm trying to hint at. This is something that, like, okay, towards the end of the year, seeing this good of a performance is something to take into account. You know, one thing I think that's going to be interesting to kind of try and figure out is obviously the NCAA has obviously given this year of eligibility back, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of curious to see uh, not a lot of players have given an indication of whether they plan to use it or not. Because, like, I do expect, obviously, for some of the guys who – 
are going to be NFL types, obviously, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd expect them to go, right? Like, I don't think sure. that's going to be much in question. But I am curious about, like, a Jeremiah Hado, right? Because he's not an NFL guy right mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, he's but played. But he's, he's shown the ability to maybe be that if he did something for maybe two years instead of one. Right, right. And, I mean, that's the th- I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like, some guys obviously are just going to have to make the decision that – they're ready to kind of move on with their lives, you know? Sure. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, it's not just the NFL is like some guys just right. know that this is the end of the road for their playing career. Right. 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 And so I'd be curious to see not, not just with the Haydell, but you know, just with a lot of these guys, honestly, I mean, I was, I was at the North Texas game earlier today and we'll get to them in a second, but you know, it's like uh, they had three guys up there who, who are all seniors. Cause I think today was technically senior day. I don't know. I mean, it's just so weird because now they have rescheduled games and all that, but um. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they, they had three guys up there. Dion Noville is definitely a guy who I think is going to potentially leave and try to make it in the NFL. Uh, but then they had DeAndre Torrey and Mikhail Sanders, right? And, like, mm-hmm. Torrey's had a really good career, I think, in Nortex, but he's not an NFL guy necessarily. And Sanders is not an NFL guy. And so it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what their thought process is going to be when it comes to making this decision after the year. Or even like, I mean, because one guy that we have not talked about this year because he's been dealing with injury is Kavion Patton, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, he, he was supposed to be the big playmaker on that defensive line and he hasn't been, you know, he's a senior and he hasn't been able to play because he's been dealing with a back injury. Um, I believe he was expected to come back around UTSA. So I don't know if that's like, you know, having, you know, if, if his recovery from that's been hindered a little bit or if it's a new injury or what, but like you have some of these guys who have been out and it's like, okay, well, what, if he, what does he do, right? Is he, <laughs> right. Like, is he, like, see, you know, this year's kind of robbed from him and he want to take advantage of this extra year of eligibility or what? Like, it's, it's going to be interesting because, like, you see the guy – you mentioned – I think the fringe guys are more interesting to me. Cause, like, for sure, for sure. You see the Charlie Brewers, right, who is, like, uh, what, what, what – in general, what does, his, what does he think of coming back for another year? Right? Does he think that Baylor's gonna stick with him for another year? Does he think that he's better off going somewhere else? Is he, you know, things like that, where it's like, okay, what is, <laughs> what, what are? There's so many things that go into these guys' thought process that these decisions are usually made for them, right? Oh, four right. years, I'm done. <laughs> right. And right, now it's right. like, oh, five years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's gonna be real interesting. I will say just just to what you were saying, I expect Barbie to be back because I just think that I just think that. I, I mean, obviously, I think he's maybe a guy who a smart team could invite onto an NFL roster if they check his tape. Mm-hmm. But, man, if he's able to get a full year with this offense, with a team that's good, with a quarterback that he trusts, I mean, I, I just feel like Marcel Barbie is so close to being, like, the best receiver in this state, right? Like, right, right. right. <laughs> he's just so close. And, and just all of the factors that he doesn't control have just taken that away from him, right? It's wild. He was just like a – a juco pickup a that was like yeah he was like a juco pickup to mostly fill numbers like i don't think they expected him to be this game-breaking receiver he's like what is he like second or third in the nation in receiving touchdowns or something like that yeah yeah he's up there and i mean <laughs> and he's doing it uh i i mean again he's doing it on an offense that's been inconsistent so i mean mm-hmm. i i really think he's a good player i really hope that he's back next year so we get another year of watching him and maybe a better situation but he's definitely a guy sure. who we're gonna have our eye on so moving on to number 10 oh. The only negative on this whole day of, of, of games was what the hell was that, Rice? Oh, yeah. You were at this game, so I want to hear what you yeah. saw because I just I, – I saw 
UNT's defense looking pretty okay. But I don't so, know if that was them looking good or Rice just like just kind of fumbling around. I don't know. So here's the thing that was confusing about it is that Rice did everything well that you don't necessarily think of them about. So like they passed the ball super well. But like mm-hmm. Mike Collins is a stud. Austin Trammell is a stud. Like these are right. these are great players. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they obviously play defense very well, which is what you expect to some extent, but especially in the secondary. I mean, they, they ate North Texas's lunch money in the secondary. <laughs> North Texas could not get any separation on them. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Jason Bean really struggled throwing the ball, but, right. uh, but also it was because they were defending them so well. Like they had a, a, an astonishing amount of passes that I don't even think were counted as, as PBUs that I felt like were based off of what they were doing. Hmm. And the thing that they couldn't do was protect and run. <laughs> what, what is this? Like, that was the whole deal that they come in on is, is talking about that, right? And yeah. I just, it was unbelievable to me. Because here's, here's what happened in this game if you didn't watch it, okay? They went up 10-0. They had a chance to go up 17-0, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they just had a fourth and two in the red zone and couldn't convert. And then they didn't score again. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put together any other offense. Uh, they allowed, uh, I, I can't remember the, it was like five sacks, I think it was, and 12 tackles for loss. Um, I'd say it was like more like six or seven. It felt yeah. Like, probably more. It, and, and also, I mean, again, it was just, it was just constant. It was just, they kept getting after him. And like North Texas definitely has talent up there, but not like that, right? Like, I mean. And then they just absolutely just like, they forgot about Jason Bean on one play. And then he goes, you know, he, yeah. he get that, that was the play that got tech, that got a UNT back into it where it's right. like, oh, you just forgot that they have a running back now, a quarterback. And like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and so he pulls it, goes 60 yards and all of a sudden they're back in the game. And like you said, he didn't play well. Like they did, they basically did what a little bit of what we saw against Middle Tennessee State, which is like, you know, they ran the ball, they ran the option pretty well. They, he passed when he needed to, and he got the ball to Jalen Darden, and Jalen Darden did a, a thing and got in the end zone. Like right. it was, it was like he hit him for that one 60 yard run and that J, uh, Jalen Darden individual effort on a screen, and that's the game. Like <laughs> that, that was basically <laughs> right. it. <laughs> right and so no it was it was just a weird game um and and again you know for rice this was only the third game obviously and we were kind of saying you know they had that sort of ugly performance in their first game against southern miss and then they had the really good performance against middle tennessee and middle tennessee and and honestly obviously southern miss is not very good but you sort of felt like okay this was growth that that's mm-hmm. what happened week one to week two and this feels like such regression and Again, it's just confusing because the last couple of years, the thing that we've seen be an issue is obviously their secondary mm-hmm. and and obviously that they've struggled to pass the ball. And again, I think that Mike Collins is awesome. Like, I, I think that he's been everything that I've hoped that he would be. And honestly, there were a lot of plays where he just couldn't get help from the wide receiver, like where the wide receiver just has to make a play because he throws a perfect ball and they just didn't. And so, I don't know. I don't really know what to think about Rice after this game. Um you know, just because, again, they didn't do the things that I expected them to do. And, uh, again, the thing that's, that's I guess, most frustrating for me is that Deion Noville is a great player for North Texas. He's the one guy who maybe you have an excuse to struggle against. Mm-hmm. But none of these other guys should have been guys that you struggle against. Yeah. And, like, the other thing is, you know, you Rice has obviously only played two games coming into this, but, like, this was the time to catch North Texas. Right. You know, coming off of, right. uh, I, I guess, I mean, I guess the games weren't that far apart. Like, well, they had like a week apart maybe from when 
Bryce last played when UNT, but point is UNT had a longer, I I mean, mean, it it might've been like two weeks probably actually. So um, regardless, like North Texas had a long layover and Rice, you know, they played near uh, sooner. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now about two weeks basically. So you, you are fresher, right? You're not fresh, but nobody's fresh right now probably. And um, I don't know, like this is, yeah, this is, it's a massive disappointment to come out like this, like not even, losing right not even like you know just the fact that they lost but how they lost they weren't able to run the ball they weren't able to protect uh mike collins and they gave up uh, they gave up two home runs i don't say home runs the Jalen darden one wasn't a home run but you know they gave up one game breaking home run that basically led north texas come back into it and they had no response for when north texas was able to do some things on offense right right I don't know. Uh, by the way, Bedlam update, uh, 21-0, and uh, looks like Spencer Sanders is out benched right now. So that's cool. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just in this year of all years. Or hurt. I don't know. He's, hurt. he's on the sideline with his helmet on, so I don't know. Oh, man. He's hurt. Anyway, regardless, just... <laughs> that's your Bedlam update. <laughs> Yikes. That's my response to that. Yikes. <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, next up at number nine, we got UTEP. I mean, they, they had a game uh, postponed this week. What was this? This was going on the road to UAB, I think, was the game that they lost, and mm-hmm. UAB has issues. So, you know, we didn't learn anything. Uh, right. Texas Tech had a buy. Still, you know, feeling fine about them. Uh, then we get to North Texas. So just to talk about North Texas for a second, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I really do think that a big part of this was for North Texas getting a lot of guys back in that front seven Mm-hmm. Um, they were still missing a couple guys that on that back end of the defense. And I think that that was part of why Mike Collins was able to have the success. Also, again, I, I think he's a great player, but, right. um, but you know, in that front group, I think that it really showed that they had some of those guys back. I think the one guy that they were still missing was Tyreek Davis, but the defensive line looked really good. Again, Dion Noville needs to send this game to every NFL team and like <laughs> send it to them like three times, send it to everybody in the entire organization. Cause he had five tackles for loss in the first quarter. I mean, sorry, in the, in the first half as a nose tackle, you know, like that's, mm-hmm. that's crazy stuff. That does not happen. And I, I need to go back and watch just to make sure, but, I'm pretty sure that he was lined up against Shea Baker, who is our top Rice offensive lineman heading into the year, and just just bodied him. Just bodied him. It was crazy. Uh, and then offensively, I mean, again, I, I was – I don't want to say I'm disappointed because they won the game and they also were off five weeks, and that's mm-hmm. tough. Uh, like, I think that there's plenty of context to go along with all of this. But, I mean, I was I was – pretty disappointed by how they played offensively especially in the passing game I thought that we'd see a little more from Jason Bean um you know I mean I think that he he started something like completing one of his first five passes and it was a screen pass you know like that's the kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that was going on and you know he hit one or two later in the game but you're still talking about nine completions for the entire game and I mean that's just that's just not good enough, obviously. And yeah, um, you know, for me, I think that my, one of my big thoughts too is like, how how dare you waste Jalen Darden? You know, how dare <laughs> you? You know, he had two straight games of two hundred plus yards, and you know, in this game they just couldn't get him the ball, and uh, yeah. and not because of Darden, because of of that they couldn't get him the ball, obviously. Right. I think. I think I'm very, if I'm a UNT fan, I'm very measured about this. Like, it is a good, this is a good win, right? Because Rice was trending up, and at times this year, you were pretty much trending down. Um, So getting a win over them, 
in this this specific year is pretty good. Um, where I don't feel great is the fact that it was basically it took like I mentioned how they scored right. It took one uh, the sixty yard run from Bean, which I mean again yeah. is a, is is a testament to his ability too. I don't want to just say that Rice blew. Yeah, that. it was great execution. Right, right, exactly. It was a perfect pull on that option. But the other one, the the Darden, I forgot. I forgot. I'm looking back at it now. The Darden play was set up. Yeah. By a muffed punt. Yes. <laughs> and yes, like yes. that, get, so that provides you the great field position. So it's like outside of that, let's not even take into account the bean play. The one that really put this game away was the one that like, you know, it, it was Rice. I don't know what, I don't know what the returner was thinking. Like he was just staring, or I guess he just muffed it. It wasn't even like a dumb decision. He just kind of just dropped it in front of the it, it was, it was actually, I remember this now. It was a really bizarre play. He, uh-huh. I, I think that it was like rolling and then he tried to field it and it just, I don't know. It was really weird. Um, right. You know, and, and again, it was, it was Austin Trammell, which you don't expect him to make those kind of sure. sure, exactly. So, you know, again, you won the game. Yes. Against a good opponent. Yes. Uh, I don't, like what every what was going on from down to down though if i'm unc yeah so. yeah and but but again it was also i mentioned like what they were able to do well was the wrinkles of what we saw against middle tennessee right it wasn't the, the full-on blown performance that we saw that we were hoping to see a continuation of but it was something it's like okay well, they have something going with this running game now yeah, for sure. And they still absolutely have found something in this running game. And, mm-hmm. and again, you know, and defensively, I mean, they got those sacks, right? They, yes. they, they made Collins life hell. Right. And I think the, the, the last thing that I'll say about it is that I do think that if you're a North Texas fan, I do think that you should feel better about the fact that the defense is figuring it out and the offense had an off week against a good defense mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, cause again, if, if this turned into a wild shootout and the defense looks like garbage and the offense, you know, ran the ball well, and that was kind of it. I don't think you feel as good about it as, you know, going into this and winning the physical battle up front against a rice team, obviously that's known for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, like you said, I think measured is a good way to put it. Um, you know, after the game, actually Seth Luttrell was kind of like, man, I, I need to write a book about how, like, crazy things have been on defense just in terms of, like, guys coming in and out and, you know, right. not being able to teach guys and having to move guys' positions just to fill numbers. And and this was the first game where you felt like, okay, they lost a couple of guys in the secondary, but they've got a lot of guys that they want in the lineup. And, um, you know, it, it looked good. Like, it looked pretty good. And And I think that, you know, heading into 2021, which obviously, you know, at this point of the season and obviously – it being this season, that's mm-hmm. kind of where you're looking most. Um, I think that you really need to hope that uh, Jason Bean figures something out and uh, kind of develops a little bit in the passing game. You also potentially have the ability to uh, to look to the grad transfer market if we're, if we're being completely honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everything else is kind of there, right? Like, I think the line played a lot better. I think that they're running the ball really well. And, uh, and I think defensively, you know, we kind of got to see that okay, this isn't Clint Bowen not knowing what he's doing, right? right, right. <laughs> like, this was very much, uh, you know, which, not that we thought that necessarily, but, you know, this wasn't that. This was, okay, they've had so many guys out. They've had so much turnover. And <laughs> that's the one thing about getting five weeks of practice, right, is mm-hmm. that it looks like they're finally up to speed. So, moving on to, what are we at? Number six, I think it is, TCU. TCU obviously off this week. Uh, like I've Like I've mentioned a whole lot, I mean <laughs> – this is not the quality of the type of team that maybe we're used to seeing at number six <laughs> over the past couple of years. Uh, but, you know, 
sure, fine. Uh, number five, we've got Houston. Houston had a game against SMU postponed because of issues within the Houston program, or as I mentioned on the last program, Houston scared, um, you know, uh, based off of what they've told everybody so far. But hopefully everything's better within that program. Hope And, uh, and I believe that the game was rescheduled for the 12th, I want to say. Mm. Uh, because they had both no I think it was for the the fifth actually because I believe that it was yes yes Houston this SMU will be played on December 5th and then I believe that they're trying to reschedule Houston versus Memphis for December 12th that was a game that was lost way early in the season I honestly mm-hmm. forgot about that one being postponed because that was the week that was replaced with Baylor so uh yeah, just a just a bizarre season for Houston, obviously. <laughs> after after another bizarre season the year before. <laughs> so all right. all right. UTSA at number four. So this is a weird game, man. So this was a very weird game. But I do want to preface it with this. UTSA just got to six wins. Again, we don't mm-hmm. know exactly what bowl eligibility will look like. We don't know who's gonna be invited. We don't know what bowls are gonna be played. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know any of that stuff. But the turnaround with everything that's gone on sure. in Jeff Trailer's first season, I think that he just deserves an unbelievable amount of credit. Because, you know, obviously when this hire happened, there was a lot of thought that, that they'd try to go in, I guess, a more proven direction or try to get a hotter mm-hmm. name. And, you know, at one point that guy was Jeff Trailer, right? A couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. But it felt like they... You know, and, and we felt this at the time a bit too. It felt like they bought on Jeff Trailer at his lowest value. You know, he was right. He was let go from Arkansas as part of sort of a disastrous coaching staff, one of the worst. You know, for for a variety of reasons that I'm sure that some people who aren't us can speak a little bit better to. But you know, one of the weirder situations at Arkansas that we've seen. Um, and they decide, you know what, we're going to entrust this guy with our program. We're going to try to, you know, we have this great freshman class that, um, that showed some really nice things. And we think that he can be the guy to pull some of it together. And despite having quarterback injuries, despite losing a game to uh, COVID, despite losing players to contact tracing, despite last week against UTEP, losing sincere McCormick because he was having his first child, they've gotten to six wins. And I just, you know, we'll get into the details of this game, which were not my favorite, right? It was not a good game for them. Right. But getting to six wins in their first season under these circumstances, I, I think that he just deserves so much credit. And I, I do want to mention, right, there is only one other FBS coach who's a first-year head coach in this state, and it's Dave Aranda, who we're still very high on, but mm-hmm. this was too much for him this year sure. right sure no like when you, you know we, we haven't even mentioned the fact that you know no spring training right so they he had to like teach an offense on the fly with like a couple weeks to go with actual on the field preparation and you know looking back on <laughs> looking looking back on trailers collegiate credentials it's so bizarre like because obviously you know 14 15 years at gilmer right we know what the stadium's named after him he's a high school Texas high school football legend then he joins Charlie, Sta- Charlie Strong's sinking ship at Texas in, like, hopes of turning, like, like one of, he, he was brought in as, like, one of the, like, potential helps to save that life raft, basically. <laughs> he was like, hey, coach the tight ends, recruit well, and, you know, maybe you can, you know, hanging around will get us some good, you know, cred with a lot of the coaches around the state. That doesn't work out, obviously. <laughs> right. Goes to SMU. And, like, they're fine, 
it, it looks great. a whole lot better before Sunny Dykes got there. <laughs> right, right. They're, but like, in credit to them, you know, they had to they had to repair what June Jones did, and right, you know, right. uh, didn't or didn't do in recruiting, and like, you know, especially compared to Sunny Dykes is now obviously it doesn't look that great, but compared to SMU's history, they did pretty good. But yeah. still, nothing fantastic. And then of course you mentioned with Arkansas, and it's like, okay, well, he has one sort of good tenure uh, uh, stint, and then two pretty bad stints right. <laughs> and it's like utsa was like yeah no we're still gonna trust this guy yeah. and even even considering that i was still under the impression that they were going for another rebuild right i was like okay well if you're going to trailer if you're going with this guy who has not doesn't have a lot of on-field credential of winning but you know that he is the right guy i feel like you're buying into the idea of you know, Jeff trailer in 2022. Right. 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 And yeah, it's, it's, it's bizarre, but it's, it's bizarre in a good way. Cause like it shows the talent that UTSA had that they were like, no, no, we think there's something here. We just need, cause like, I think all of us expected them to go maybe X's and O's, right. right where it's like, just right. get a guy to scheme this right and do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, he's done that. He's just hired the guys to do right. that. <laughs> we we <laughs> expected the Jake Spavital. Right, we expected, like, because we tossed around Eric Morris, we tossed right. around, um, we've been tossed around Golding to, like, scheme the defense mm-hmm. a little bit, like, at Alabama, and, like, he's done what we expected them, what we expected guys like that would do, but he's just hired the guys to do it. He's taken the CEO approach, and that's not to say that he doesn't know X's and O's, right? He knows football, but he also just knows when to delegate and when to let guys coach and develop, and it's... I mean, this is just year one, and we're not even done with it. And we're already talking about, like, you know, it's a, it's a testament to what he's done that we're already talking about what a success this guy has been, and we're not even done with his first year. And UTSA is still so young as well. Right. And, and I've talked about this a couple of times. You know, this, this team just has, and I mean this in the best way, this team just has such a football, I mean, sorry, a high school approach to this, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so much like, who's our best players? Let's get him the ball, right? Like, right. What, what can we do well this week? Well, let's just do it, right? Like, right. they don't well, overthink When we talk about the game, I'll mention that, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But, you know, they don't overthink it, right? Like, they don't yeah. try to do things that they're not sure they can do. You know, you have other coaches around the state, especially like like you mentioned, some of the, the more X's and O's coaches, right? They want to they, – they're so sort of tied up in – and for good reason, in like I- identity and, mm-hmm. and scheme and all this sort of stuff and winning the chess match and all that sort of stuff. And, like, again, I mean this in the best way possible. Like, UTSA doesn't worry too much about that. They just try to scheme guys, uh, you know, in the best position possible for them to succeed. And, and I mean, again, the other thing that we have to legitimately mention with this, right, because you talk about taking the CEO approach, and, you know, we've even seen, obviously, at, at his old place, at Arkansas, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's what Sam Pittman's done. But the difference, obviously, being that, you know, Jeff Trailer really had to get this right because he did not have a deep assistant pool to pull from. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, just from a cost perspective, from a money perspective. And so I just think, again, before we get into this game, we just have to say all that, that it is absolutely amazing what he's done. And, uh, and again, just 10 games into his career, I mean, he's already looking like a real success. Mm-hmm. 
Now, getting into the game, uh, <laughs> they took two deep shots in this game. Frank Harris missed both of them. They're like, we're not throwing anymore. <laughs> and they just said, since Aaron McCormick, you are going to be the entire game plan. Right. After last week, looking really good throwing the ball, they missed two shots deep that he should have had. They're, you know, they're there. And he was like, that's it. You're never throwing past the first down marker anymore this game. <laughs> yeah. So... <sighs> It's so tough watching some parts of this, right? Because I, I just don't know. I don't know whether we're just at a point where Frank Harris can't be that guy. You know, like mm-hmm. if we're at a point where you're just like, well, we just don't trust him enough to do this. Because it's hard. Because like you have a game like last week where yeah, where, he uh, does it. <laughs> where he does it and, you know, looks fine. And, and don't get me wrong. Again, he is never going to be you know he's never going to be Josh Adkins right like he's never going to be the guy who's who's tossing it down the field uh in good positions but like I don't know it's just such a weird deal honestly just to try to figure it out and I mean UTSA was clearly the better team in this game like clearly the better team in this game but they just let Southern Miss stick around and um, you know, I gotta say, you know, uh, shout out to our, our, our guy, JJ Perez on UTSA Twitter, but like he said, man, uh, Southern Miss looks like a good defense. And like, they're not, they're really not, <laughs> they're not a good defense. They're really not. <laughs> right. And I don't know. It's just, and obviously sincere McCormick is so good that who the hell cares, right? Like, yeah. Right. It was like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. He's going to get 150 right. plus yards. <laughs> right. Uh, and they put him in good positions and they call the right plays and all of that. But I don't know, man. It's just offensively. They, I, I don't know. They, they just, I don't know if it's that ultimately just, they need more from that quarterback position or what exactly it's going to be, but yeah, it, this game should not have been as close as it was. It just simply should not have. Yeah. It, I mean, granted, there's probably something to Southern Miss, you know, a little bit of an emotional boost. I think it was their senior day. So it was like, sure. you know, a lot of these guys who went through a lot this year playing their last game and like, what? Uh, maybe it's not. I think they have FAU, actually. I think you got one of their games. Yeah, they got one more. But it was a rescheduled one. And I think that, um, I mean, I'm not exactly sure on this because this has not been at the top of my priority list to figure out, but sure. I do think that a lot of, um, I do think that a lot of schools are sort of doing senior day on the originally scheduled day. Gotcha. And just, so it was like the ceremonial yeah. senior day. So like, right, right. you know, it was like for them who you know, they've been through a lot. They've been through multiple head coaches in this year and, pro- and probably in general, they've been through multiple head coaches too. Um, or at least coaches in general, there's probably been a lot of just staff turmoil. Uh, throughout their tenure still like they were probably playing with a little bit more of an edge but yeah watching this game get close and then like but knowing that like to say UTSA was unbothered sounds bad but like they were like they're like they're not coming back in this game like you know the way they were playing it was like they're not trust us it's fine they'll be we'll be okay and they were so you know (laughs) in the end it was fine but yeah it was just so weird to see the offense last year without their best player playing as well as they did, you know, in, you know, pass, uh, blocking, passing and running and then just being neutralized in the passing game this year, uh, this week. So I don't know. Um, I'm interested to see what, cause they have two really interesting games coming up right. against right. North Texas and uh, Rice as well. Right. No, that's uh, North Texas has Rice. Never mind. Yeah. Um, I feel like they have another one. Hold up. Let me look. I thought they did they post it. Did they reschedule Rice? They've rescheduled something. Uh, keep talking. I'll, I'll look it okay. up. Okay. But uh, North, so they have North Texas coming up. And North Texas has – I don't they don't have as good of players probably, but they have the athletes to 
take advantage of a UTSA trying to sit on a game, in my opinion. I think that somebody like a Jason Bean is somebody who scares UTSA. Obviously, Jalen Darden scares UTSA because they have the ability to take the top off a of defense, and you can't get a little, you can't get lax. And I want to say it is Rice, or they have some, they've rescheduled a game regardless, but they, um, I, so as far as I can tell, they don't. Um, okay, I, think, I think that they're hoping to reschedule Rice, but Rice also, um, you know, they have a full schedule right now. So I, I right. think that it's just going to kind of be a little up in the air, which by the way, is a very weird situation that, you know, UTSA right. is going to have to figure out kind of on the fly, whether this is their last game or not. Sure. Sure. So yeah, but you know, North Texas, basically, um, Good enough, like I said, good enough to take advantage of U- of UTSA not playing the best on offense and trying to maybe just get out with a win. Um, you know, you uh, North Texas has the has the horses to keep up with that to maybe exploit that. If they do manage to reschedule Rice, you know, probably not. But whoever, but again, Rice is another team that would theoretically have the ability to take advantage of that um, and have a defense to go against Sincere McCormick. So it wasn't. It, they have an interesting game coming up. Um, against North Texas to see exactly what what that is or what's kind of going on there. Right. So, you know, ultimately, still a lot of work to do at U2SA, obviously, but um, but really happy about where they're at right now. And um, and again, I mean, just just look at these rankings, right? I mean, the top mm-hmm. three has been pretty solid all year long with uh, with one of SMU or Texas A&M at number one and the other at number two and, and Texas at number three. And then I mean, UTSA has kind of developed into that number four team right now. And so, you know, a lot of credit to them. Again, this is a weird year for everybody. I mean, a six and four conference USA team wouldn't necessarily be number four in any given year, but, uh, but a lot of credit to them for being one of these teams that's kind of risen above their circumstance and, uh, and played really well. So, yeah, uh, look, after, after this game, um, is there a team that could have used some North Texas Honda dealers help uh, over the weekend? Um, is it just the, Oklahoma State? <laughs> I, I, it might be watching Oklahoma State. Well, they got seven on the boards, 24-7 hey, right now, so they're not, they're not getting shut out. Um, so, yeah, but it might still be Oklahoma State. Oh, there goes Marvin Mims. I'm watching him cross midfield for a first down and about a 20-yard gain. So, uh, yeah, if the game continues to go this way, it's probably going to be uh, the Pokes. <laughs> yeah not not uh the greatest show i mean it, it's just i understand we're not an oklahoma podcast but at the same time like it's just what i just don't understand this i i just don't get it this is the weirdest like there are rivalries right like there are rivalries mm-hmm. where one team dominates the other but i don't know how many rivalries <laughs> there are where like the second team has been consistently good Right and like consistently competitive and really other than that one game been sort of nationally competitive and just mm-hmm. every dang year it just can't happen right like yeah. I mean just doesn't just just no no hope just like right. no, not happening at all <laughs> I I just don't get it like I mean because I'm trying to think because because what uh, I think that Gundy only has two wins over Oklahoma in his entire mm-hmm. tenure mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying to I'm, I'm I know that one is obviously. Here's a way to swing it back. Do we have a Texas equivalent to that? <laughs> Where it's like, they're kind of... because like You're, you're they, not going to like the answer. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to like the answer. Uh, it, because it is... Yeah. <laughs> Texas State. Yeah, yeah, a, you're right. 
a, a team that uh, that obviously did not play football until whatever 2012 or whatever uh, right. versus a team with a very storied history in small college football. Yep. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just kind of, you know, <laughs> just kind of losing. <laughs> you know, just just consistently losing. Despite all logic and reason. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's oh man. Yeah, you know oh, what? That, that's good. That's good. That's a good way to end it. That's it's perfect. That's that that dashed like all that optimism that I was starting to build. That like hit it back down. So I appreciate that. That's that's what I needed. That's oh, what I needed. especially because oh, Coastal's coming up next week. That's what why, I need. Why would you ask that question? Why would you? Why would you set me up for that? <laughs> well, you're like, oh, we need to get back on subject, and I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let me oh, try man. to bring it back around town. And <laughs> oh man. Anyway. Thanks to everybody for listening. <laughs> you can find all of our work at textfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Text Football. You can find us on Twitter, DCTFCFB. You can become a subscriber at textfootball.com slash uh, subscribe. By the way, uh, we really are trying to, to build up this Twitter account, the DCTFCFB Twitter account. We're still very early in its development, um, but we really would appreciate if you like listening to this podcast, if you would go follow it. Uh, just a good place to get all of our college football content that's coming out, including this podcast. So for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Shahan J. Raja. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll be back with you guys again next week.